0: So, as we discussed with Ian Guider on the programme last week, Bernard Looney was removed from his position as the Chief Executive of BP for not disclosing relationships in the workplace to his board of directors when asked. We've two guests with us to discuss this whole issue of negotiating workplace romances and relationships. In a moment, we'll talk to Sinead Brady, career psychologist and author of the book Total Reset, which is about work-life balance. But first, Julie Galbraith is with us, partner and Employee employment law at Eversheds Sutherland and Julie, he's far from the only boss, isn't he, to lose his job in similar circumstances
1: No, you're absolutely right Matt, we had it a few years ago with McDonald's when they had a similar issue in relation to one of their very senior employees but on the reverse side everyone has such a significant part of themselves in work and they meet so many of their colleagues in work and a lot of those relationships do end up to be very happy relationships which end up in marriage and and long years ahead of, of joy and otherwise. So the question really is how stringent and how strong do employers have to be around what is appropriate and what is not in the workplace?
0: So does it depend on what is actually put into written terms of employment in the first place by an employer?
1: I think in Ireland, it would be very hard to put specific terms into a term of employment and even into a policy in relation to what is appropriate or not in a relationship. So some of your listeners might have read of love contracts or non-fraternisation contracts and policies. They're very much so a US concept. So some of our tech multinationals might have that here in Ireland. So a love contract would be a a, a statement or a policy in a workplace that would require an employee, if they enter into a relationship with another employee, to confirm that that's a consensual relationship to maybe make steps to ensure that they're not in the same reporting line, that one doesn't report to the other, that there aren't conflicts of interest involved. And the non-frat policy probably goes further again to say you cannot fraternise with your fellow uh, workers. So so just ask
0: somebody out to the movies or for dinner or something like that?
1: Some of them would have a rule that you can ask once and that's it. So that if you did ask once and you were refused, you must never ask again, because then at what point are you bordering into victimisation, harassment, ongoing relationships that's not wanted? So those those kind of policies certainly exist, but they're not common in Ireland.
0: We only have a certain amount of information as to what happened with Bernard Looney, but it would appear that the problem was his failure to disclose when previously asked as much as any of the relationships he was in. So how much of an issue for people is it that if they are asked, they should tell all?
1: Yeah, and that would apply to all aspects of the employment relationship. So employees would have a duty of trust and and confidence and fidelity to their employer. They must take steps not to bring the company into disrepute. So if employees are asked clear questions by the board or at a more junior level by their managers, by HR, employees do have a certain obligation to be truthful in that. Now you have to measure that alongside someone's constitutional right to privacy, to their European Convention of Human Rights, to a, a family life, We certainly are allowed privacy, but at what point does that relationship come into the workplace and either cause an issue for the company or cause an issue for the individual, whether that's through conflicts of interest, favouritism in the job, or if that relationship goes wrong, the fallout could be very damaging for both the individual and the company.
0: I'll spring in Sinead Brady because as a career psychologist, how often does it happen that people enter into workplace romances or relationships?
2: So Matt and Julie, there are some, there's some evidence to suggest that about 50% of people are in some sort of a workplace relationship, let it be a date or let it be something more serious across the course of their working life. So it's very common. It's very frequent. And as Julie said, many people end up in really happy, healthy, long-term relationships where there is much joy and comfort in those relationships. But I suppose what we're talking about is where that doesn't happen and where perhaps that duty of transparency and fairness is really, really important in order to protect certain people within the organisational structure.
0: But why does it happen that you have so many people in their workplace deciding that they want to date or enter a relationship with somebody else in their workplace? Why don't they go elsewhere?
2: That's a really good question and I suppose most of us spend most of our working time. Sorry, most of our awake time at work. That is where we meet most people that we, you know, engage with. Let that be somebody on your team or somebody that you meet in the lift or kind of on the way for a coffee. So we spend an awful lot of time with people that we work with. And we tend to have a lot in common with those people. We may have done the same qualification. We may have went to some of the same social or networking events. So we tend to have a lot in common. And that commonality provides a meeting ground or a space to become connected with somebody that could turn into a friendship or into a romantic relationship.
0: Where can the pitfalls be, though? I mean, is it going to be when you have a power imbalance, for example?
2: Yeah, that's the problem. Um, And we know, again, from research, actually, where the relationship is peer-to-peer. So two people along the same hierarchical structure, to use kind of very old traditional terms, but they're within the same, they're peers in the workplace. They tend, actually, to have a really good um, experience of a relationship, where it is healthy and there's consent and all of that type of stuff. So that tends to have lack of power dynamics or lack of um, problems around power dynamics. But where there are issues of perhaps somebody higher up in the organizational structure, power dynamics do really play a part then at that point, where somebody perhaps if the relationship is there, it can be favouritism, as Julie suggested, or it can be seen as giving you know somebody access to opportunity. And then on the flip side of that is when the relationship is going Well, favouritism is shown. But on the flip side, when the relationship is not going well, then it becomes a way of excluding or taking some or punishing somebody as such for not being in the relationship if the relationship has failed.
0: But, Sinead, can some people get away with it, so to speak, if they're perceived as bringing in a lot of revenue or profit to our business or they're perceived to be performing well, that they will be indulged?
2: So, sadly, that does happen. And where and when that happens, you are in a toxic culture, if that is the case. Um, the organisation is not dealing with people as humans. They're dealing with revenue as the front line and where people are protected like that. And we see it in the media. We're seeing it in the media at the moment um, that for very long periods of time, people are protected because of their hierarchicals position in the organisation or because they bring in a lot of money for the organisation. And I think we're getting to the point now, Matt, where that is no longer okay. Organisations that are doing that are actually in breach of the duty that Julie spoke about to the people that they are employing. And if money is the grounds upon which you allow somebody to be coercively controlled, to be abused, to be assaulted, well then in that organisation, people are suffering. And if you're one of those people, I would suggest to you an exit strategy is really important because changing that type of culture.
0: You could lose your job or have to leave your job because of the behaviour of somebody
2: else. That often happens, yes. And very often if you are in a position whereby... It's costly, you know, you, you're looking at maybe having to engage somebody in, you know, as, as a representation or as a solicitor or a barrister to actually take your case if HR is not in, in the organization. Actually, the safest thing for you to do could be to begin to look and see if there is somewhere else for you to go to protect your mental health because fighting that type of culture, mat is really, really difficult to do, especially where people are more powerful or more influential within the organisation than you are.
0: Could, Julie, that be a it form of... It doesn't make it right? No. Julie, could that make it a form of constructive dismissal?
1: Absolutely, yes, of course, and yeah. I'd echo an awful lot of what Kira has said and you know, for employers listening, if if they're considering, what should they do when they hear of scenarios like what Kira is saying, and if they. Do want to be the right employer it's really important to have a strong dignity at work policy so within your dignity at work policy that should outline lots of information about sexual harassment about the the policies that you should have the the, the process that you will follow and actually employers can google the irish human rights and equality commission they have some very good information on their website about the dignity at work policies
0: and julie just to finish off Touching on something you said earlier, is it possible that foreign-owned companies take a different approach to Irish-owned companies for all of this?
1: They will at a high level, but then they should apply Irish principles to Irish employees who live and work in Ireland. So they may have different principles at the outset, but they should be applying what the law in Ireland.
0: Julie Galbraith from Evershed Sutherland and Sinead Brady, career psychologist and author of Total Reset thank you very much for joining us here on The Last Word at Today FM The Last Word with Matt Cooper weekdays from 4.30 Today FM